thought I'd read the translation today to the Sri Guru Pranam, the Sri Rupa Pranam, and the Mangala Charna, which we like to chant. I was born in the darkness, in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. When will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established within this material world <coughs> the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? I offer my respectful obeisances under the lotus feet of my spiritual master and to the feet of all the Vaishnavas. Hmm. Sri Gurun is plural, so it should be under the lotus feet of all my spiritual masters. I offer my respectful obeisances under the lotus feet of Sri Rupa Goswami, along with his elder brother Sanatana Goswami, as well as Raghunath Das and Raghunath Bhatta Gopalabhatta and Srila Jiva Goswami. I offer my respectful obeisances to Lord Krishna Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, along with Advaita Acharya Gadadhar, Sri Vas, and other associates. I offer my respectful obeisances to Sri Mati Radharani and Sri Krishna, along with their associates, Sri Lalita and Vishaka. And then... Um, Oh, my dear Krishna, you are the friend of the distress and the source of creation. You are the master of the gopis and the lover of Radharani. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. And then the Sri Radha Pranama. I offer my respects to Radharani, whose bodily complexion is like molten gold. And who is the queen of Vrindavan? You are the daughter of King Vrishabhanu, and you are very dear to Lord Krishna. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskaricha Naram Chaivanarotamam Devim Sarasatam Vyasam Tasodayan Udirayet Nasta Presho Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Shevaya Bhagavad Yuchamashloke Bhakti Bhavati Naistaki. So today is November 29th, 2018. It's been a very fast year. They get faster and faster. <laughs> And we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, The Status Quo, Chapter 14, Pregnancy of Deity in the Evening. Text number 16. Mm 
Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinam. Kripanam bahubashinam. Oh, yes. I'll just increase my font size here. Pratyahanunayan vacha. Pravidhananga kashmalam. Iti tambira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayan vacha. Pravidhananga kashmalam. Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayan vacha. Prabridhananga kashmalam. Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayan vacha. Pravridhananga kashmalam. Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayam vacha. Pravridhananga kashmalam. Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayam vacha. Abridhananga kashmalam. Iti tam vira maricha. Kripanam bahubashinim. Pratyahanunayam vacha. Abridhananga kashmalam. Iti, thus, tam, unto her, vira, o hero, maricha, the son of marichi, kasyapa, kripanam, unto the poor, bahubashinim, too talkative, pratyaha, replied, Anuna, anunayan, pacifying, bacha, by words, avridha, highly agitated, ananga, lust, kashmalam, 
contaminated. contaminated. Translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. O hero Vidura, Diti being thus afflicted by the contamination of lust, and therefore poor and talkative, was pacified by the son of Marichi in suitable words. Please repeat. O hero, o hero. Vidura, Diti being thus afflicted, being thus afflicted by, the contamination of lust, by the contamination of lust, and therefore poor and talkative, and therefore poor and talkative was pacified by the son of Marichi, was pacified by the son of Marichi in suitable words, suitable words, purport by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. When a man or woman is afflicted by the lust of sex desire, it is to be understood as sinful contamination. Kasyapa was engaged in his spiritual activities, but he did not have sufficient strength to refuse his wife, who was thus afflicted. He could have refused her with strong words, expressing impossibility, but he was not as spiritually strong as Vidura. Vidura is addressed here as a hero because no one is stronger in self-control than a devotee of the Lord. It appears that Kasyapa was already inclined to have sexual enjoyment with his wife, and because he was not a strong man, he tried to dissuade her only with pacifying words. Ititam gira maricha vipanam bahubashinim pratyahanu nayan bacha prabidha nangakoshmalam O hero Vidura, Diti being thus afflicted by the contamination of lust, and therefore poor and talkative, was pacified by the son of Marichi in suitable words. Mukum koroti bachalam pangam lagayati gidim ajad kripa tamaham bandehi sigurum dilatarinum So this is a sort of a classic uh, kind of verse and purport, we could say, um, for devotees in the Krishna consciousness movement, because um, especially those of us coming from uh, Western backgrounds uh, and not growing up in Krishna consciousness, we may struggle sometimes with this subject matter because of our uh, previous experience or upbringing, training, or lack of culture. What, what passes for culture in the West is really more of a lack of culture and because of the lack of proper training, proper education, and proper culture, then there's this sort of just catch-as-catch-can uh, version of culture, where more or less kind of anything goes, and there's not really a proper understanding of proper behavior, nor is there an inclination to understand what is proper behavior. Or, if the concept of proper behavior is introduced, it is summarily rejected as having no value. Because 
there is this undercurrent of, of sense gratification and the acceptance of sense gratification as the supreme goal of life. I know of what I speak because I come from also the same background. So therefore we can understand it very well in contradistinction to the culture of Krishna consciousness, which we also know through uh, training uh, and practice. So um, Arjuna asked Krishna that, so how is it even possible to control the mind which likes to ramble on and focus on sense gratification. It seems to me, Arjuna says, it's more difficult than to control the raging wind. How do you control the wind? The wind is blowing, like we had this really windy day here not too long ago. So, how do you control the wind? You put out your arms, okay, I gotcha. Hmm. Impossible. It's just going to blow you right out of the way. So um, he's comparing, that's a very nice graphic analogy uh, of the obstinate and restless mind which likes to go all over the place in an uncontrolled manner for one who is not a devotee or one who is not trained in the science of bhakti. Um, and even those in traditional spiritual culture have this habit of keeping it together, uh, although that's gradually being lost in the modern world, even in places where traditional culture once prevailed. Um, it is my recollection of the, uh, my, the generation of my grandparents they were markedly different than we are now. Uh, they were more simple, pious people who had this sense of self-restraint and um, sort of a, a social, moral compass that seems to have disappeared <laughs> in the media age. Of course, they grew up, they were born in the 19th century, around the time of Srila Prabhupada, as a matter of fact. And they were his contemporaries, although in no way contemporary to him in culture and realization. My grandfather was an alcoholic. Um, but they, they lived in an era, he had, he had one point, they were rural people, he had traded a mule team for a uh, Model A Ford. And because it was the dawning of the automobile age and he wanted to be with it. Uh, later on, he felt that it was a bad investment. He had got cheated because the mules wouldn't get stuck in the mud, but the car would. And in those days, the roads were poor, especially in rural places. <laughs> there were dirt roads, so when it rained, we don't have that problem here in Arizona, but 
when it rained, um, the roads would become very muddy, and the mules could pull on through the mud. They could pull the wagon through the mud, but the automobile would get stuck. <laughs> and if the automobile gets stuck, you'd have to get somebody with a mule team to pull it out. <laughs> so <laughs> he felt that he had been cheated by the advancement of Kali Yuga. He should have stuck with those good old mules, <laughs> working animals. So that was a different era. I heard these stories when I was a child. So that, that was a different era, a different time. And there was some sense of, of at least having a moral compass, if not a, a spiritual um, background for that moral compass. But now people are much more sophisticated so-called, and, and more educated for sure, but unfortunately what everyone is educated in is in the culture of ignorance and sense gratification. People think that education means to figure out better ways and more efficient, easier, more effective ways to enjoy the senses, and therefore accepting that as the goal of life, pursuing sense gratification. But this is simply the degradation of the age of Kali, uh, which has progressed, uh, say, in the last you know, 120 years, from the time of the birth of our founder, Charya Srila Prabhupada, and our own grandparents' generation. So these things are going on. Um, it's good to understand um, the culture and the background which is prevalent where we live and preach um, because that better informs us as to how to preach effectively to those who have no understanding or exposure to this great treasure of wisdom which is the Vedic knowledge uh, and the, the essence of Vedic knowledge is, who knows? Srimad hmm? no. Bhagavatam. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, the Bhagavatam, it cannot be um, overestimated how powerful, how potent, is the Bhagavatam and hearing from the Bhagavatam and how the Bhagavatam um, in so many ways is fabulous literature. We were just, the reason I'm talking about this is because I was just hearing on a video from Vaisheshika about the Bhagavatam, who was explaining that even um, Sanskrit scholars and academics who, although they're not devotees, but they're people who study like Indian culture. You know, when Srila Prabhupada was just beginning there in 22nd Avenue in New York City in 1966, Thomas Hopkins came there and because he'd heard about a bhakti movement happening in New York City, he came and found the temple and there was a Srimad Bhagavatam, one of Prabhupada's original Bhagavatams, 
lying there on the table. He was waiting in the temple room to get an audience with Srila Prabhupada. And he was thunderstruck. Here's Bhagavad Purana in English. He was, a, he was a scholar who specialized in bhakti movements and especially in Bhagavad Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam. Somehow that was his specialty as, a, as an academic. And here's the books just sitting there casually on the table in the storefront on the Lower East Side. He was thunderstruck. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. <clears throat> and he, he went on to become a very great friend of our movement. After all, we are all the subjects of his research and study. Uh, come to life, more or less. Uh, <clears throat> so the Bhagavatam, even the scholars and the academics, among those who study Vedic literature as a specialty, they are astonished and so impressed by the Bhagavatam on so many different levels. The Sanskrit, is very special. Um, the poetry is unparalleled. The uh, philosophical concepts are very deep and profound. So therefore Bhagavatam is called the, uh, the ripened fruit of the Vedic desire tree. It's also called the cream of the Vedas. Those of you of course, nowadays, cream is just something that comes in a carton. <laughs> but I used to do the milk run many, many years ago. We had a, a commercial farm about an hour away from the temple. And they had a special permit that was required by the state to sell what they called raw jug milk. So it wasn't um, homogenized. It was pasteurized. It was, it was flash pasteurized, but it wasn't homogenized, and the cream wasn't separated from the milk. So they would milk the cows that morning, take the milk, and they had these stainless steel kind of vats, and they would flash pasteurize it, and then sell it, and people would bring their containers, their glass bottles or whatever. And they, they had a special permit, and there wasn't anywhere you know, for, for hundreds of miles around where you could get it, except for this one farm, Moyers Farm. <laughs> Moyers is a German Amish kind of name. And it was in Pennsylvania, but people would drive over from New Jersey, like to smuggle that uh, raw jug milk back across the state lines to their house. <laughs> people who were into natural and things. So we had 10 gallon milk cans, four of them, stainless steel cans, and I'd put them in the van, take them to the farm, and they have a tap, and put the cans under the tap, and they'd fill them up. Um, and then by the time they got back to the temple, the, the Matajis would be waiting for those cans of milk to arrive because they wanted to make sure and be first in line to get the cream off the top of the cans of milk. So there would be about this much cream. So that cream, it rose to the top, actually. So Srimad Bhagavatam is like that. It's the cream of, of all the profound and beautiful Vedic literatures compiled by Srila Vyasadeva. 
and it, it, it naturally and automatically rises to the top. Now, you could explain that scientifically well. The cream is, has a lighter specific gravity, and because it has a lighter specific gravity than the milk, therefore it floats to the top. <clears throat> it's like we buy these cans of tomato sauce, and it says specific gravity, one point something oh percent. So I think the specific gravity of water is one. <laughs> so the tomato sauce is heavier than the water, therefore it will sink in the water. So anyway, the cream is the essence of the milk. It is the milk, but it's better than just the milk. It's the cream. Now you go to the store and buy a gallon of milk, there's no cream on the top. Because the milk has been homogenized. Well, first they separate out the cream. Then they homogenize it, which means that all the atoms and molecules are all mixed up to the same consistency. Apparently that's not so great for the human body, according to uh, those who are expert in natural food science. Better to have the milk unhomogenized. And of course, pasteurizing the milk means to heat it up. And that is actually what they do in India. They boil the milk. You boil the milk three times. And so that kills all the bacteria. And so one devotee went somewhere they had some cows and he took the milk directly from the cow without boiling it. And the uh, cowherd man like, no, 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 no. You must boil first. <laughs> you cannot drink directly. First you have to boil three times. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> that's how you properly take the milk from the cow, boil it three times. Prabhupada told about a system they have in the village where they, they take the milk, and they put it in a big pot on the fire and they heat it, it stays hot all day. And then they may take from that pot milk and um, you know, make yogurt or churn into butter or different things, make cheese. But anyone who wants to can come by and take from that milk and take that hot milk. Very, uh, Prabhupada says, nutritious and full of vitamins and good for the brain substance, to develop the brain substance. <clears throat> and that, that milk that we used to get from Moyer's Dairy Farm was so good that when you heat up that milk to drink it hot, if you had it without sugar in it, you didn't need the sugar. It was so good. It was so potent. Like it just came, it came from the cows that morning. When we bought it, it had been milk that morning. Later on, whatever they had left um, that didn't get sold out of their, because they had like a hundred and something cows, whatever didn't get sold out of their, that morning's milk in the raw jug milk little shop they had, mm -hmm. then um, the rest they would sell to a commercial dairy. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, again, that milk, you go at 10 o'clock in the morning, that was milked early that morning. So it was always fresh. And it turns out we were their largest customer, largest single customer for the raw jug milk because we bought 40 gallons a week. <laughs> and that milk was highly prized. And sometimes the devotee in the evening, they would have hot milk and they make the milk and then they put the sugar in it. And I could tell, you made a taste of, oh, put the sugar in the milk because it just tasted nasty. They put the white sugar in there, just made it, it was just like, it wasn't as good anymore. Yeah. It degraded it because that milk was so wonderful. 
So these kinds of experiences, uh, they help to uh, strengthen our faith in Krishna consciousness, things that we read about and we hear about from Srila Prabhupada and we experience in the, in the greater world, and then it strengthens our understanding, it, it reinforces our understanding of Krishna consciousness. And we can see how the truth of Krishna consciousness is like all pervasive in within the material energy. But you have to have the eyes to see. So how do you develop the eyes to see the truth of Krishna consciousness? By hearing from Srimad Bhagavatam and by chanting and by following the regular principles and living the Krishna conscious lifestyle, rising early, taking prasadam, uh, hearing, chanting, all these things, they purify us. And then, so without that purification, our vision is covered. We can't see. If you put your hand right here, you can't see. The world is not covered, but your eyes are covered. Same with the clouds and the sun. The sun is there, always shining, always, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a week for the last four billion years. It's there. But a cloud may come and cover the sun, and then you can't see the sun. So is the sun covered? No, our eyes are covered by the cloud, because the sun is much greater and bigger than any cloud. But our eyes, we're very small, so that cloud comes between us and the sun. We're covered. The sun is not covered. The sun is never covered. It's always The sun is like the eye of the Supreme Lord, and it is very powerful emitting this heat and light and basically giving life to the whole universe. Um, and that is the eye or the representative of Krishna. Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bajami. This is what Lord Brahma gives us his realization. So the sun is never covered. But we are covered. Similarly, the soul Krishna is never covered, but he appears to be covered by the material energy, which is actually covering us. We are covered by the material energy. So Krishna consciousness means to dissipate those clouds of ignorance that are covering us so that we can see Krishna and the spiritual world by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada or the spiritual master. So today's verse, specifically dealing with uh, the lust, that Diti is afflicted by, the word afflicted is used, is a great word. She's afflicted by sex desire, and that, Prabhupada said, is understood as a sinful contamination. When one is covered in that way, then one is covered by sinful reactions. So there's some verses I wanted to refer to from the Gita, which we can't have a verse like today's verse without referring to some of the classic 
Wrong piece of paper. There it is. In the Gita, in the second chapter, we have several verses that deal with this, two of the most famous which are 262 and 63. Sing along if you know. Jayato vishayan pungsa sangas teshu pajayate sangat sanjayate kamaha while contemplating the objects of the senses, a person develops attachment for them, and from such attachment lust develops, and from lust anger arises. Uh, so they have the saying, you know, seeing is believing. So uh, those who are pursuing the objects of sense gratification they want to see those objects. And when they can't see it, then they can meditate on what they've already seen. Of course, nowadays they just go online so they can see any time they want, which is uh, not the spiritual purpose of the internet. But they, there's some fact or some figure that what is online is like 75% porn or something like that. That's what they say about the internet. I don't personally have experience of that, but you know, it depends on what you're looking for. I'm looking for videos of Vaisheshika and anything to do with guitars and tube amplifiers. <clears throat> so uh, I don't see that, but apparently that it's all pervasive. And then they say the cutting edge of internet technology in terms of video presentation uh, and such things is all innovated by the porn industry. They're the kings. They're the, they're the leading cutting edge. They have the best videos, uh, the easiest access. Um, they're the experts in innovating Video technology. This is what I've read and also heard. Um, because that is their business, is to get people to look at their stuff and get money. So they're, they're like really fired up. They are the experts, unfortunately. Uh, but we have our own experts in video technology. And our expertise is Krishna Kata, how to make it more accessible, how to make it a more beautiful presentation, how to get the sound nice, everything. It's, that is our desire. And the, the internet is certainly full of Krishna Kata. If that's what one is looking for, that's the place to go. I know one gentleman, <clears throat> he was the younger brother of my best friend when I was growing up. He's never been to a temple in his life. Never been to the temple. But he has a fascination with Krishna consciousness through online content. Even so much to the point that he's like an expert on the different deviant groups and controversies and schisms. He's an expert on these things. He can quote you the names of the persons involved, their different philosophies, 
why they believe what they believe, you know, changing the books and the, all these things. He knows he knows inside out because he he doesn't work. He just sits at home and like on his computer all day. So that's his that's his life. Like my stepmother told me uh, one time, it's probably about fifteen or twenty years ago, about her and my father who were retired and they're you know declining autumnal years. She would say, "TV is our life." Because <laughs> they're always home and they sit around and they watch the TV. The TV, that thing is on 24-7. But now you have the internet, which has got a lot more stuff than TV does. So this particular gentleman, he's an expert on many things Krishna consciousness. He knows more about Krishna consciousness than you do. <laughs> Except how to surrender. Except for how to practice it. <laughs> but intellectually... He's got it because he's fascinated and he studies that. So. And he's, it's all on, from the computer. So You can get anything you want if you know where to look online. So this particular verse is explaining how we contemplate objects of sense gratification. We meditate on it and then we become attached through that meditation. And from that attachment, lust or desire, kama, Develops desire, kama, 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 krodo. And from that kama, uh, anger arises. Now, why does anger arise? Why do you become angry? Because you can't get it. Because you can't get it. You want it. There was a song by the association, which is a great name for a band. Uh, that song was uh, Wantin' Ain't Getting It, Getting Ain't Got None. <clears throat> So just because you want it, you don't get it. So you want it, and uh, you can't have it. And therefore, you become angry, become frustrated. I want it. I can't have it. And you get angry. You get angry at the world. You get angry at people. You get angry at yourself. So what happens next after you get angry? Krod hod bhavati samoha. Samohat smitri bri brahmaha smiti brangshad budhi nasho budhi nashat pranashati. From anger, delusion arises. And from delusion, bewilderment of memory. When memory is bewildered, intelligence is lost. And when intelligence is lost, one falls down again into the material pool. <clears throat> Pretty dark assessment. But these are the facts according to Krishna and Bhagavad Gita. So our modern culture more or less not only gives license or permission to contemplate the object of the senses, but um, it actually encourages that. And people think that is it. And that's what they want. That's what they do. And therefore... Down, down, down they go. Budi na shat pranashati. One's intelligence is lost and one falls down in the material pool. Someone can become so bewildered because of their unfulfilled desire that they can commit horrible crimes and atrocities. All kinds of murder and kidnapping and just atrocious activities because they're so bewildered they've lost their compass. They've lost their intelligence and therefore they 
go down. <coughs> so law enforcement history is replete with examples of this. But the devotees of the Lord uh, are free from this. As explained, a few verses later, Apur yamanam machala pratishtam samudramapa pravishanti yadvat tadvat kama yam pravishanti sarve shashamtim apnoti nakama kami. A person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled but is always still, can alone achieve peace, and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. Uh, as said a few verses earlier, Prasade sarvadukhanam hanir asyo bhajayate prasana chetaso yashu buddhi paryavavitish for one who is situated in the divine consciousness, the threefold miseries of material existence no longer exist. In such a happy state, one's intelligence soon becomes steady. Prasade, on achievement of the causeless mercy of the Lord. And there's a note in my shloka book that says, using this verse, Srila Prabhupada stressed the taking of prasadam. So, uh, one who is situated in prasadi, uh, in, in the causeless mercy of the Lord, what does he do? He takes prasadam, which we will do very soon. So that is pretty much what I have. Oh, one other thing here. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned the other day how Flip Wilson said, The devil made me do it. That was one of his comedy routines. You know, the... The, the, the devil made me do it. That's right. Why are you bad? Why do you do all these bad things? The devil made me do it. But no. First of all, we're complacent and situated in sense gratification. And not only are we complacent, but we're complicit. That means uh, we're willing victims. We'll go along with it, just like Kashapa. He was complicit in this whole uh, story here because Prabhupada said he should have been spiritually strong enough to tell his wife, this is not the right time, chill, we'll make an arrangement to take care of you. But no, he said, well, this is not the right time, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, I mean, you're my wife. Anything you want, darling. So, um, in the material world, the conditioned souls are complicit. They've accepted, all right, I'm going along for this ride. And they're willing victims. I used to play in this, with this country and western singer. And uh, they have all these songs that sort of glorified the suffering conditioned soul and the miseries of material existence. That's kind of the, um, the mode of country music, although it's in the mode of ignorance mostly. But uh, one of the songs stated, I don't know who the, who the artist is, but the line was, I became the victim of my own crime. So, so as we are swept away by the material energy, 
willingly take me, Maya. Do with me what you will, just let me enjoy. And then we have to accept the reactions. So we may con commit some sinful activity, but actually we're the victim. We're the perpetrator, but we're also the victim because we have to suffer the reactions. And, and the long and short of it is that all reactions lead to more entanglement, another birth, the cycle of birth and death, repeatedly, again and again and again and again and again. When will we learn? Uh, but only by the mercy of the spiritual master and the Vedas do we learn, yasya devi para bhaktir, yata devi tatavara, tasyaiti katita hyarta prakashanti mahatmanaha. Unto those great souls who have implicit faith in the spiritual master and Krishna, then the, the deeper understanding of Vedas, Vedic knowledge, is automatically revealed within their hearts. All right. Thank you very much. Um, any questions or comments? Just a little detail. I just wondered why, um, you got that raw milk, it was for the Philly Temple, yeah? Yeah. So we weren't giving you enough and giving out, we weren't giving you supplement? There was a time when Gita Nagri was delivering raw milk to all the Mid-Atlantic temples, D.C., Baltimore, Philly. So it was afterward. In the van. Actually, I remember when Leela Nanda used to come in the van, he would make this ice cream out of the milk, and he would have a cooler with ice packed with these little, like, carry-out containers of ice cream. And he used to make these um, carob peanut butter cups that we used to call rishis. Right. Not Reese's, but Rishi's. Rishi is a great learned person. Rishi's cups. And when Leela Nanda would pull up to the back door of the temple, the word spread very quickly, and everyone came outside and congregated at the, the van. But then later on, it was discovered by the authorities. A devotee. It was the milkman. It was discovered by this state authorities, health authorities, and others, that this milk was being transported not at temperature and not with permits across state lines, and the whole thing was stopped for some time. Somebody, uh, whistleblower or something? Just running it was a devotee. That's what I mean. Why would that devotee do that? That's usually Why do devotees do so many weird things? Usually a devotee just to get the Their senses are not satisfied, so they want to Flash out somehow or other. Yeah, the way so, uh, yeah, we've seen like, why do devotees do all these weird things? Well, it's, you know, because they're not devotees. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, there was a, a pastime I heard of Shiva Prabhupada, a statement he made. I may have mentioned this before, I'm sure. A, a devotee said to Prabhupada, Shiva Prabhupada, the devotee stole some money from the temple. Prabhupada said, that is not a devotee. That is a thief. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> a devotee is someone who doesn't steal from Krishna. A devotee is someone who gives everything to Krishna. So, if you give everything to Krishna, then you're a devotee. If you're stealing from Krishna, ah, then you're a thief. Right? So, yeah, this was in the 90s, actually. Going to the Moyers Dairy Farm in Dublin, Pennsylvania. You were saying, or you 
ask why is there anger after frustration or something else. That's one of the five Nessian engagements that Brahman put into the secondary creation, you know, along with false sense of bodily concept of life, sense of death, and just a couple others. But, yeah, uh, I remember you talking about those. That was interesting, the five Nessian engagements. Yeah, the material world, in other words, it's rigged against you. Right. You try to enjoy, and you go down <laughs> that slippery slope into the depths of depravity. Also, there's this funny story about how Prabhupada told the story of how a man is victimized by his attachment to his wife. He says, if a, a man sticks his hand in your pocket and takes your wallet and takes the money, then he's a pickpocket and you'll say, thief, call the police. Hmm. If a wife takes that same wallet and takes your money, right. he says, oh, you are taking it. She says, yes. He says, ah, that's all right. Very yeah, good. He laughs. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> well, it's just <coughs> because he surrendered, and their interest is one. That's a little different. Slightly different. <laughs> Anyone else? Okay, thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Srimad Bhagavatam Kija. Sprout cells are on them. You guys know that? It's becoming more. I see it more often. It's a farm here in Arizona, too. I used to buy it, and the cream's at the top. Really nice cream. Ah. Yeah. But it, they only come in half gallons, and they're they're in the midst of like all this milk that's 